Good morning, everybody. This is Heidi St. John. I'm so glad that you've joined me today. I want to give a shout out this Monday morning to all the busy moms who are listening to this doing laundry. I'm also doing laundry today. We just got home from a vacation with our family, and my husband and I leave tomorrow because I'll be speaking uh, as a guest on Family Life Today out in Little Rock, so we're excited about that. But today, I'm going to take a little bit of time, and instead of doing Mailbox Monday like I normally do, I'm going to talk to you a little bit about abiding. So many of the questions I've been getting in my inbox lately have come from moms who are frustrated and weary. And I think rather than answer questions today, I'm going to kind of turn our attention back to the Bible, and we're going to talk about what it means to abide. Stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. So today is the 5th of November, and it's it's the beginning of a very busy week for me. There's winter registration happening this week at the Firmly Planted Homeschool Resource Center. I haven't been talking about it very much lately, but there's a lot of stuff happening at the center, and we are so excited to see what God is doing. One of the things that my husband and I have always prayed about with regard to our family was that the Lord would lead us in different seasons of our lives with a vision to match the season that we're in. And a long time ago, when we started homeschooling, we had a vision to start homeschool cooperatives, and so we did that through First Class Homeschool Ministries for many, many years. And about 10 or 15 years ago, well, right around there, 15 years is probably right about the right time, we started praying for a resource center, a building that we could actually uh, use as a as a home base to really minister to and bless the homeschooling parents who were in the area that we live. We live just outside of Portland, Oregon, as many of you know, and there is a huge problem happening in the education system in my neck of the woods, like it is in many of the places where you live. And so our response to that was to fall on our knees before the Lord and say, Lord, give us a solution. It's so easy for us, I think, to get uh, hung up on complaining. And I know I do that. You know, it's easy when you're struggling to complain or when you look around and you see what's happening uh, in our country or you see what's happening on the news. Oh my goodness. It's so easy for us, I think, to get us, we can easily get sucked into feeling discouraged and defeated. And I want to encourage you away from that place today. I want to encourage you to walk in such a way with the Lord that you're listening for the sound of his voice. Some of the things that we'll say to people if they come to us and they have a a complaint, I always like to tell parents especially, and we do this at the Resource Center, but also with our staff over at MomStrong International and with any of the ministries that my husband and I have overseen over the years is to say, it's so much better when you can come to someone with a solution, you recognize a problem and you say, hey, I see this as a problem. What if we addressed it this way? Uh, it's easy for us. That demonstrates kind of a willingness to move forward in something rather than just get hung up complaining. And I think it's easy for us to do that. And parents, if we are doing that in front of our children in particular, what we're doing is we're teaching them that that is how we solve our frustration is to complain and to lodge our complaints, we do it on social media, right? We do it in the form of, uh, you know, saying things on Twitter, or we send letters that are frust- uh, you know, expressing our frustration. And I wonder what would happen if we learned to abide, and we began to go to the Lord and say, "Father, we see this problem is happening, and we're frustrated, and we're and we're uh, discouraged. But Lord, we know that you don't want us to live in that place. So, Father, would you give us a vision?" 
to match the situation that we're in. Show us what you want us to do so that we can move forward. And until you show us what to do, we're going to learn to be still before you. There's something to be said, men and women, for being still. And Jay and I were still for many, many years while we prayed for the Homeschool Resource Center, even though we saw so many things happening around us, particularly with education. I remember when Barack Obama issued his bathroom mandate and they, at the highest levels of our government, taking an ideology which is absolutely opposed to God's word, saying that men and women are interchangeable, that the sexes are not determined at our birth, that DNA doesn't really matter, that gender is a social construct, all of these things which we knew to be wrong and indoctrinating them into the culture via the the, the system of education. This is the vehicle that we are indoctrinating this generation. And we were frustrated by that. And I remember we were in Chattanooga at the time. And I remembered going to my husband and and he was sitting in the living room and just saying to him, I am just so discouraged. Like this is the world our grandchildren are inheriting. And my husband said to me, we need to pray. We need to pray. And when, while we're waiting for our answer from the Lord, we learn to abide. And you guys, God is listening. He's listening to your prayers. Your prayers carry with them incredible power when you come before the Lord with a right heart. You know, I just uh, released in September Prayers for the Battlefield, and one of the things that I that I was trying to highlight in that book was the power of praying the scriptures in every situation that you face, learning to take what you're reading and then turn it into a prayer. And I'm going to do that at the end of this podcast today is pray some scripture over you and uh, over me. I'm always preaching to myself (laughs) when I'm on the podcast, but I want to talk to you specifically today about what it means to abide. So I'm going to, I've made the word abide into an acrostic because I'm a homeschool mom. So everything has to have an acrostic uh, with it. So I'm going to, I'm going to use the word abide and then hopefully direct you to what it looks like to rest while you wait for the answer that you, that you're, that you're, you need from the Lord. So the A in abide is to adjust your perspective. So if you're taking notes, this is a good time to write stuff down, adjust your perspective. And what I mean by that is when you're when you when you're surrounded by something that's frustrating, and I know many of you like me are frustrated with what you see happening, uh, particularly in our country right now with the climate of fear and anger that's there. And so I think part of adjusting our perspective is just to say, Father, let me have your perspective rather than see my perspective, which is very limited. Father, give me a glimpse into your perspective. One of the ways we can do that is to look for God's fingerprints. So while you're waiting for an answer to that prayer, while you're waiting to find out about a pregnancy or while you're waiting to find out about a financial relief that you need or an opportunity that you're hoping for, look for God's fingerprints. Years ago, Jay and I started, uh, when when we were doing first class homeschool ministries and planting homeschool cooperatives around the United States and actually around the world, we uh, decided to take our family on a motorhome trip. A lot of you have known us for a long time and you followed our family as we bought this kind of, you know, beat up sort of uh, oldish motorhome off of Craigslist and we retrofitted it to all six of our, we had six kids at the time, all six of us, uh, all six of the kids and my husband and I could fit into it. It had bunk beds in the back. And uh, anyway, I can tell you, I can, talk forever about RVing. If you want to know about RVing, you take everything that's wrong with the house and everything that can go wrong with the car, shake it up and you got an RV. (laughs) 
<laughs> but we we have RV'd with our family across the country for many years. And the first year we did it, we raised support. And we raised support from curriculum companies and connections that we had with wonderful people who were encouraging in the homeschool community. And then we would talk about what they would do. And that would get us from place to place to place. And I think we spoke 35 in 35 places on that first trip. And we were nervous about it because, A, we'd never driven from Oregon to New York. And here we're going to do it with all of our kids. We didn't realize that the motorhome was going to break down over and over and over. Aren't you guys glad that you don't know what's coming up? Aren't you glad that that you can't see around the corner? I think most of the time we would be so so terrified if I had known that that motorhome was going to break down in some of the hottest places in the country and that I was going to be stranded on the side of the road with all my kids. I probably wouldn't have gone on the trip. But because I didn't know that, we were trusting God would take care of us. It turns out you get in that situation and God gives you grace. And we began to see God's fingerprints during that time that we were traveling. One of my favorite stories to tell is right before we were leaving, and I want to say this was 2008 or 2009, somewhere in there, right before we were leaving, of course, our neighbors had been watching us pack this motorhome up for months. We were starting to look like Noah, right? (laughs) Noah and his family, and uh, we were taking provisions out there and, you know, screwing things into the wall and making sure that we had you know, all the, all the kids had their own little cubby and their own little space. And it took, us, it took us several months to really get that thing ready to go. And our neighbors are watching us. And one day our neighbor, Robert, came over. And we didn't really talk to Robert very much. We, you know, we saw kind of our neighbors in our neighborhood. People sort of went in and out of their houses and didn't really talk to each other a whole lot. And so he came over one day and he said, hey, I noticed you guys are getting ready for the apocalypse. <laughs> what are you doing? So we told him, well, the Lord's given us opportunity. We're going to drive across country and start talking to pastors about how they can encourage their uh, their people to try homeschooling, try a different way of education. And he said, well, that, you know, that's interesting. And well, thanks for telling me. I said, well, you're welcome. About 25 minutes later, Robert came back to our house and knocked on my door and he said, hey, Heidi, um, it's my birthday. And I was like, fantastic. <laughs> it's your birthday. And he said, well, I, I came over here because I got a card in my birthday in the mail today for my birthday. And there's some money in the card. And I said, well, that's awesome. You know, happy birthday. I'm so glad. And he said, well, the Lord told me as soon as I opened this letter that that money wasn't for me, it was for you. And Robert proceeded to hand me a $100 bill. Some of you've heard me tell this story out on the road. So if you if you if you've heard it just listen again uh, and we'll hopefully get something new. Uh but so he hands me this $100 bill. Well, my kids are in ministry, right? My husband's a pastor. We they've never seen a $100 bill. So you know, they're passing it around and looking at it and Robert said, "Heidi, the Lord wants you to know that he loves you and he's proud of you and he'll be with you wherever you go and he'll never leave you or forsake you. He will always guide your path." And I was so blown away that this neighbor who I didn't know very well, but who obviously knew the Lord and who heard from the Lord would take the time to come over and share that message with me. I hugged him and thanked him. And we tucked that little hundred dollar bill away. And over and over, I don't have time to tell the story, the whole story right now, but over and over and over at some of the hardest points along that four and a half month trip, when the motorhome broke down and the transmission quit and everything that could go wrong went wrong. And we were in, you know, this little Northwest family in, you know, down in Mobile, Alabama, in sweltering heat with no, with no air conditioning. And the most amazing things would happen at one time, one point, and this happened many, many times along the way. But at one point in particular, I remember we were at a, at an event in Alabama 
And we were done for the evening. My kids had been acting uh, horribly. They were tired and they had embarrassed me. You know, you know how it is. And I walked out to the motorhome with the kids and I was like, you guys, we're going to, you know, we got to readjust our thinking. And um, I see this person and it's dark, right? So it's dark now. And uh, there's a, like a Volkswagen bus out in the parking lot and through the steam that was in the air. If you guys are familiar with the South, you know what I'm talking about. It was a steamy, very hot, steamy night. And I saw this person get out of the motorhome well, or get out of her, her VW bus. Well, my kids had been used to seeing this kind of thing happen. And my, my kids, one of them said, mom, she's an angel. You know why she said that? Because over and over along the trip, random people would come up to us at the most amazing times and they, they would hand us a $100 bill. It was always the same denomination. And they always said the same thing. Are you Heidi St. John? Yes. The Lord wants me to tell you that he loves you. He's so proud of you that he'll be with you wherever you go, that he'll never leave you or forsake you. And I began to start to look for God's fingerprints. It was like breadcrumbs along that journey. And this particular night had been pretty rough with our kids. And I was feeling kind of discouraged as a mother, wondering what in the world we were doing out there in the first place, wishing I could be back home in my own bed, wishing I could eat something besides McDonald's and frozen food that we were heating up in the microwave in the motorhome, wishing I had more money, wishing for lots of things. And my daughter said, mom, it's an angel getting out of this VW bus. And I said, nope, it's a meth dealer. Get behind me. <laughs> like, I don't want you guys talking to this person. Sure enough, out of the mist, you know, she comes a little closer to me, dressed kind of like a homeless person. The, the bus was nothing, look, nothing to write home about. I thought, man, I bet she's living out of that thing. And she, sure enough, she takes a $100 bill out of her wallet and she gives it to me. And she said, Heidi, the Lord's so proud of you. He loves you. He's never going to leave you. He's never going to forsake you. Wherever you go, he'll be with you. And I just started crying. And my kids were like, see, mom, she's an angel. You know what my kids had learned to do? They'd learned to look for God's fingerprints. They began to expect it. They began to expect it. And I want to encourage you today to begin to, wherever you are, all of you who keep writing me letters and you're sending me things for a mailbox money and you're frustrated, can you look for God's fingerprints? Adjust your perspective. Father, what is it that you want me to see in this particular situation? And then trust that God's going to show up. He will. The next uh, letter in the word abide, I may not have time to get through all these, so I, I'll probably finish it up on Wednesday for you. But the next one is uh, the B in the word abide. So first is adjust, adjust your perspective, begin to look for God's fingerprints. B, believe that God is at work. Believe that God is at work. And that means that we believe he's at work in every situation. Every situation we say, Father, we know that you're at work. I don't understand why this is happening, but Lord, we believe that you're at work. Help us to see your perspective on things. Help us to adjust our perspective. Many of you have heard me share the story of my sister whose son was critically injured in a car accident last year, and it, it brought our family to the absolute brink of, uh, of our faith, not the brink of our faith, but to the brink of, of our own ability to get through something on our own. And we learned to trust God in a new way. And I will never forget learning during that time, I need to have my sister back on so she can remind everybody about the amazing God that we serve. But I watched as my family learned to turn our worry into worship. We began to turn it into worship. Lord, we don't understand, but we know that you are good and we're going to yield to your will. 
We're going to yield to whatever it is that you're trying to do today. And as we did that, I am here to tell you, men and women, God began to do such amazing things in the life of not only my sister and obviously in the incredible healing that he did in the life of my nephew, but what he did in our hearts was even more miraculous than that. I told a young mom the other day that I am never going to doubt the healing power of God again. I watched the Lord of Heaven's armies make a lame boy walk again. I believe he can heal this nation. I believe he can heal your marriage. I believe he can heal your broken relationships and restore your dreams. That's the God that we serve. Let's turn our worry into worship. It begins within our heart when we realize, when we, when we begin to take ownership of our relationship with God to the point where we trust him, even if the healing that we're asking for doesn't come because we know that God's ways for us are higher than our own and his heart toward us is only ever always good. So the be and abide is believe no matter what situation you're facing today, believe that God is at work and parents, your children are watching you. How you respond to a crisis says an awful lot about where your faith is placed. It says an awful lot. Our kids are watching us. The next letter is I and the word abide, inquire of the Lord. There are so many stories in the Bible of men and women who came into difficult times and difficult situations. And we see a stark difference between those who inquired of the Lord before they made a move. Father, what do you want me to do? There's a a massive difference between those who inquire of the Lord and those who go ahead and just act without inquiring, without asking, Lord, is this what you want me to do? Show me what you want. God wants to speak into your life. The Bible says in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and self-control or power and love and a sound mind. When I think of a sound mind, I don't think of a mom or a dad who's panicking or freaking out because we don't know how we're going to pay the mortgage or we're not sure what we're going to do about this situation or that situation. Or maybe you're thinking right now that you need to pull your kids out of school. You can feel that tug of the Holy Spirit on your life, but you're just afraid. We want to inquire of the Lord and recognize that the spirit that God gives us is not fear, but it's a sound mind, power, love, and a sound mind. And then we want to do what Jehoshaphat did when he was surrounded by an army that was much bigger than he was. In 2 Chronicles 10, verse 11, the second part of verse 11, it says, act with courage and may the Lord be with those who do well. This is Jehoshaphat speaking on behalf of the Lord of heaven's armies, telling the men and women of Israel that God wants them to act with courage. So it's not enough just to sit there and wring your hands. We inquire of the Lord and then we act on what we know is right. We want to act on what we know is right. There is a blessing, men and women, in learning to abide in learning to say, Lord, I don't understand what's going on, but I trust you. I'm going to come back on Wednesday. I'm going to finish this little, uh, this little acrostic I'm doing for the word abide. And I'm going to uh, dive into just a little bit into the book of Job in chapter 38. We're studying Job right now at MomStrong International. If you haven't joined me over at MomStrong International, I just want to encourage you to do it. There are Bible studies that we're doing there every week that you can do uh, on your own or with a group of women. And it includes a component for those of you who have young children or grandchildren. It includes a component called Kids Strong 
that my daughter, Savannah, who is a mother of two herself, is writing for you. And we're doing that so that you can learn to abide, so that you can learn that no matter what comes, no matter what comes into your life or what happens around you, that the Lord's heart toward you is always, ever, only good. I want to encourage you away from a place of fear and into a place of trust and into a place of abiding right there in the shelter of the shadow of the Almighty. God said he wants to shelter you and love you. And he is your good, good father. I told you that today I was going to go ahead and end this particular podcast with a prayer from Prayers for the Battlefield. If you haven't yet picked up Prayers for the Battlefield, I want to encourage you to do it. It would make a great gift. Uh, the, The book Prayers for the Battlefield has been divided into six different sections. And all of them have a different, um, probably a different focus on the battlefield. The first section is called Onto the Battlefield. The second one is My Child, God's Arrow. So I'm talking about um, learning to pray for your child, talking to parents who are afraid to let their kids go, to the mom who is in need of rescue from sexual sin, a prayer for the mom of a special needs child, for a mom who's facing an unplanned pregnancy or at the precipice of releasing their child. Section three is Wisdom for the Battlefield. Section four, Weapons. For the battlefield. Section five addresses the weary warrior. And finally, section six, beyond the battlefield. And so uh, if you have not yet picked up Purse of the Battlefield, I want to encourage you to, I know you're going to be blessed, but I want to end today reading just the prayer from the last part of uh, the warrior's weapon, a prayer for the mom who needs a good offense. In Daniel chapter six, verse 10, we read three times a day, he, that's Daniel, got down on his knees and prayed, giving thanks to his God, just as he had done before. So let's end this particular podcast, learning to abide, learning to trust the Lord in times of struggle uh, with a prayer. Father, I long for a deeper walk with you. Lord, I pray that you teach us to pray like Jesus did. He didn't go to you last. He sought you first. Lord, we want to get alone with you the way that Jesus did. But if we're honest, We're constantly surrounded by people or children or responsibilities or pressures to keep going instead of come away with you. We struggle, Lord, to abide. And really, if we're honest, we know that pride sometimes keeps us from making prayer a priority. It's easy to think that we're indispensable and we have to be everywhere and do everything that comes our way. And Father, I confess this is a struggle in my own life. And so would you forgive me for thinking I can do this life apart from your wisdom? and your power. Lord, we want to know you the way David did, asking, when can I go and meet with God? So Father, would you draw us close to you? Help us to recognize the power of prayer so we can be a force for your kingdom. We want to come to you like Daniel did three times a day, got down on his knees and prayed and gave thanks to you. So Lord, when we're surrounded by hardship and difficulty, show us how to be like Esther. She prayed from her weakness and recognized her need from you. And Lord, we realize we don't have any help apart from you. You are our strength and our refuge and ever-present help in time of trouble. Lord, we trust you in times of struggle and success. I pray, Lord, that you'd make us sensitive to your spirit and help our children to be drawn to you. We long for our kids to develop a prayer life of their own, and we know this starts with our example. Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing here 
and through the podcast. I pray a blessing over each one of the parents who are listening to this today. Help us, Lord, to learn to abide. Thanks for listening today, everybody. If you've got questions for me, you can reach out to me anytime, podcast at thebusymom.com. And I hope that you will, if you haven't already, come and join us for the Bible study, momstronginternational.com. Thanks for listening, you guys, and I'll see you back here on Wednesday. For more encouragement, visit me online at thebusymom.com.